Your brain might just help you learn something in more ways than one. Welcome to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Dr. Bell is a licensed marriage and family therapist. He'll be your guide on this crazy exploration designed to bring life back into our existence. Can you become the element of change in an ever-changing world? Possibly, but you've got to listen on to find out. Now here is the host of Absurd Psychology, Dr. Gary Bell. Welcome everybody. Okay, today we're going to be talking about resiliency when all goes wrong. You know, in life, there are failures, there are bad choices, there are all kinds of things that happen to us where we can't even imagine how we got to where we are from where we were. And it, it's, an, it's a hard thing in people's lives to, to go through that traumatic change that may or may not have been a choice or may, not, may or may not have been a plan that you had, but you've had to pull back within yourself and learn from yourself and drive forward and correct. And it's a great thing to be able to be resilient because when you're resilient, you're able to show yourself that there is hope that there is change and you know resiliency can also be much appreciated when you just give yourself to God because God will take you where God wants you this is God's world and God will you know has you here for a reason if you follow that voice you're gonna get to places that you've never even imagined and that's an incredible thing but failure is painful it's disappointing it's demoralizing but in addition to those you know really obvious emotional uh, failures failure can impact on us in an unconscious level as well. We have wounds that are far more psychologically devastating. Recognizing the various, you know, psychological injuries we sustain when we fail and learn how to treat them will help you recover more rapidly and more fully, both psychologically, emotionally, and increase your chances of a successful life. And what is success? Well, it's whatever your definition of success is. You know, we all have ideals of success Everybody does, and they're all different. But we have to recognize that failure makes our goals seem tougher. You know, if you um, look at how failure impacts our conscious perceptions, our goals seem further and and more out of reach. And this causes another uh, basically unconscious distortion. It makes our abilities seem weaker. Uh, Once we fail, we not only see our goals as hard to reach, we perceive ourselves as less capable of reaching them. And these are not very accurate assessments, but but they're really natural distortions that occur on an unconscious level. And they have an additional impact. Uh, Failure damages our our motivation. And so there's been tons of studies that have demonstrated that whether we believe we will succeed or fail has a direct impact on how much effort we invest in reaching our goal. When we fear, we're unlikely to succeed. We unconsciously invest less effort in pursuing our goal, and consequently, we're less likely to attain it. And this introduces us to a real strong dynamic that fear makes us risk averse, less confident. We are more and more worried about failing and less likely to take risks and emotional or otherwise. Ironically, if we fail at more conventional approach, finding a riskier solution might be the best and most important avenue for us to pursue. But but once we're hesitant to take risks, we're even less likely to even consider them. You know, failure also, it, it limits our ability to, to make creative thinking. 
and to take risk. And so once failure makes us more risk averse, it impacts our ability to think more creatively and to find solutions that are outside the box because by definition, such solutions cause us uh, to have less certainty and more risk. But since these things are, are largely unconscious, we often don't recognize our thinking has been impacted. And instead, we believe we've simply run out of new approaches and ideas to pursue. And so we have to realize this sense of helplessness that fear brings on. And failure often makes us feel helpless, even though we're not. And also, failure leads us to make incorrect and, and very damaging generalizations about life. So when we, we fail, we often will generalize the experience in sweeping and, and self-punitive ways. And, and we draw incorrect, uh, really unnecessary conclusions about our general intelligence, our abilities, our capacities, and even what our luck in life or what, or what was or wasn't meant to be. And so the only thing we can conclude for sure after a failure is that we were unsuccessful at the particular task or goal in a particular time, in particular circumstances, or that circumstances were out of our control. But by no means does that give us excuses. Our choices control our lives and they dictate our lives. And those choices sometimes come with consequences. And those choices drive us into places that we may not like. So, you know, how we treat the wounds of failure is, is very important. We really have to fight these, these, these uh, distorted thinking and recognize that, that failure basically distorts our perceptions about the task itself and about our capacities. You know, you don't want to buy that you're incapable. You know, adopt a mindset of persistence and optimism and refuse to give up. Do not let failure define you. You know, you have to revive your own self-worth. So you try to ignore your recent failure for a moment and make a list of qualities and capacities you possess that should, at least on paper, make it possible for you to succeed. And that's a very important thing. And if you have trouble coming up with that list, ask other people who know you well and remind you of your strengths. And, and then you want to read your list and can reconnect to your potential. The other thing is you want to remind yourself of what success would mean to you. You know, recharge your motivation by reconnecting to the reasons you began pursuing your goal in the first place. Consider how you would feel if you succeeded, especially after having already failed in a previous attempt. And, and take risks. Recognize that it's natural to feel anxious when considering, you know, less conventional options. But, you know, we can't live in fear. We have to live in faith. And, you know, we have to recognize we're souls living a human life and our soul has a journey. And that is the purpose of our life. And the more we are able to clear our brain and connect with that purpose, failure is just an opportunity to learn. And the other thing is we want to focus on the things that we can control. When, when we have to be resilient, focus on what you can control. Most failures are related to inadequate planning, poor preparation, insufficient effort, taking things for granted, you know, just, just assuming that everything's going to be the way it's going to be. But we have to figure out what was lacking in our planning and how we can get better prepared in the future and how and where can we invest more effort. And, and we also have to define failure as a singular incident rather than a broad spectrum. You know, if you can limit it down to what the failure was, 
you can focus on that and learn from it. But if you generalize it over everything, what's going to happen is you're going to not be able to dig yourself out and become resilient. So, you know, make a a list of situations, the specific situation that might be different when you approach the task the next time. And and include circumstances, factors related to other people involved, your mood, your spouse's mood, the weather, your general frame of mind, how you slept, how many others you you know you can that affect you, and then check off the many factors that might be different when you try again. And that's how you can put things in perspective and learn how to become resilient. You know, now if you look at trauma, approximately fifty percent of the population will experience a traumatic event at some point in their lives, and these reactions to trauma vary and not everyone will develop like post-traumatic stress disorder but trauma can change the brain in very predictable ways that everyone should be aware of especially if you're someone that is close to you that is struggling to cope after trauma you know with increased awareness we can seek treatment to address symptoms and learn skills that could actually rewire your brain for recovery and that can happen in therapy you know if you have to look at the brain itself you know, the, the, the brain functioning, the prefrontal cortex, they, they call it the PFC, is known as your thinking center. And the anterior uh, cingulate cortex, the ACC, is known as the emotional regulation center. And the amygdala is known as the fear center. And so if you think about that, you know, what is going on in a traumatized brain? Well, it looks different from a non-traumatized brain. The thinking center is underactivated. The emotional regulation center is underactivated, and the fear center at the very base of your brain, the, the reptilian brain, is, the, is very overactive. And these activations indicate that often a traumatized brain is bottom-heavy, and meaning that we're thinking from a more primitive, fear-based, reactive lifestyle. And so to not be traumatized, we have to think about how we can change the brain make uh, and make repetitive efforts to make the brain more positive and you know psychotherapy helps because you get outside of yourself and you're able to look at yourself from the outside in rather than the inside out you start hearing what you're saying you start hearing how your brain is actually functioning and you also want to be mindful of your body you know have daily routines that are that deactivate your fear and this is really vital to to Step in healing, you know, do some exercises, uh, do some di- uh, diaphragmic breathing or, or autogenic training, like, uh, you know, do some things that are going to get you out of yourself. Go out into the woods and take a walk, you know, go, go, go on a path, go somewhere different so that you can get outside yourself. Stop listening to, to a bunch of music in the car and just sit there in peace and, and start to think. You know, it's very important to hear our brain thinking and a lot of people don't do that and therefore they don't become as resilient as they need to because the answers are within you. So there's things, you know, like bad news. Bad news can leave us in a state of, of dread or despair. And, and it seems like it, and when we get bad news that our whole world is falling apart, almost as if we're being driven into the ground. And we fear for the very worst and can't get out of our mind or our gut. And sometimes there's other emotions that, that get all mangled up with that, like anger, guilt, betrayal, helplessness, and, and, and love. But... What most often happens when people get bad news is they victimize themselves. And so with bad news, you know, we all have it and we need to learn how to cope with it because life is filled with bad news. 
you know, first off, deep breathing. You know, just after receiving bad news, it's important to regain control of our emotions. To do that, we need oxygen, and that means breathing. You know, so start by regulating your breathing. Breathe in deep through your nose, hold the air in for a lot of seconds, and then uh, purse your lips and gradually let the air out. Let out as much air as you can and carry on until you feel more relaxed. The other thing is if we're going to get oxygen into our body, water. Water is a wonderful source of oxygen and will help our brain think. And then we want to put things in context. You know, now that you've relaxed, Try to frame the bad news, to put it into its proper context. However bad it may be, it's probably not the be-all and the end-all of your life on this earth. Think about all the good things in life, including those that have been and those that are yet to come. And, you know, if you are a Christian, you believe in God, there's always a greater thing yet to come. We just don't know what it is. And sometimes... Not being resilient, we don't allow ourselves to let that gift unveil itself to ourselves. You know, friends, uh, f- f- uh, other people to draw upon in the time of need is very important. Don't just sit there with yourself and stew in it. You want to reach outside yourself to people who you can talk to who might be able to help you. And you want to try to imagine how things could be much, much worse and how they actually are for some people. You know, your your house may have been burglarized. You may have lost some valuables. You, you, uh, you, you may have uh, lost some of your health, your job, your partner. You know, bad things are bound to hit us now and then, and it can only be a matter of time before they hit us again. And in many cases, they're just the flip side of good things that we enjoy. You know, you've got to understand that there's a balance in life. And in that balance, we have to understand bad things come from good things. Good things come from bad things. We also want to do uh, possibly negative uh, visualization. Focus on the bad news itself. What's the worst that could happen? And is it really as bad as you're imagining? And now that you've dealt with the worst, what's the best possible outcome? And so what that best possible outcome is what you want the goal to be. And you want to design your resiliency around reaching that great outcome. And that's how we can reach inside ourselves because now we have an envision a greater future. We have envisioned a better idea of who we are. We're envisioning a better place to be. And that's where our energy needs to, to, to come. That doesn't mean we don't deal with the problems that bad news brings us. But what it does mean is we have a place to anchor our mind rather than just deal with what the bad news brings. We have another place to go, and that's where resiliency is. And that is within our brain, and we have to do that for ourselves. You know, you have to understand, life itself is about change. It's all about change and how we deal with it. And that's the only thing that is really constant in life. And that's because we live in a, a, a world where we are impacting each other. We're in a society. We're not, we're not just a part of ourselves. We and ourselves play a big role in other people's lives. And we have to understand that if we want a life that's going to touch and help other people, we have to be resilient 
through the bad news because that is our testimony. That how you get through bad things is part of life's testimony. And that's a very important thing to remember. You can't escape change. No one can. Life happens. People die every day and their loved ones are left to mourn the loss and go on with life. People get fired every day. They have to learn how to deal with their sudden financial losses, find a way to gain their security back. Breakups, divorces happen all the time. But if you wallow in your misery about it, it won't help. And at some point, we just need to remember that change is inevitable. But how we deal with that change is optional. So it's better to make it positive. You know, you're not alone. Everyone goes through change. You know, it, it feels like you, you are alone, but you're not. There are probably thousands or millions of people out there going through very similar circumstances right now at this moment. And even if you had the most horrific things happen to you, like being diagnosed with terminal illness, having a loved one pass away suddenly, there are people who have been through it and survived. And if you keep that at the forefront of your mind, it might give you some peace. You know, if we feel confused or upset, it's normal. So when life changes suddenly, you probably want to scream, but, you know, you plead with God. You want to curse, but but all you want is for life to go back to normal. You want your old life back, but you would probably do anything to have that. But remember, these feelings are a part of the grieving process. To not feel any of these emotions would not be normal. And to repress the feelings is not healthy either. So we can do physical damage to your body, to your mind. But, you know, the haze that you're now in will eventually lift. And you might be thinking that life will never be normal again. Well, it will never be the old normal, but you will learn to create a new normal. And so it's important. You, you know, talking to older people is a great thing because they have the wisdom to understand that life is full of change and we are built for survival. So, you know, the haze will eventually go away, maybe not as soon as you want it, but it will eventually disappear. Okay, the, the other thing is uh, we want to do self-reflection and look at change as a life lesson. You know, if you're religious or spiritual, you can look at life through a lens of spiritual lesson. Even if you're not, you can still use negative experiences to figure yourself out and learn how to grow as a person. All right, we're going to talk more about change. We're going to talk about the kinds of stress that we're surrounded by, the media influences and all that stuff. Come back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Dr. Gary Bell is available for speaking engagements as well as teaching at your seminar or workshop and life coaching via telephone Skype or in person in the Seattle area. Dr. Bell brings his no-nonsense, straight-from-the-hip discussions each week on the show, but it doesn't stop there. Learn about motivation and psychology, one-couple marriage repair, a two-day workshop in Seattle, and more. Visit drgbmft.com today or call Dr. Gary Bell at 951-818-7856. That's drgbmft.com or 951-818-7856. Look among the stars, life is bigger than it seems. Get in 
inspired, encouraged, and connected on our lively, award-winning Healthy Living Power Hour, Star Style. Be the star you are with host and empowerment architect, Cynthia Bryan, live every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Tune in to the Power Party for positive, uplifting, life-changing talk radio. Visit StarStyleRadio.com. How do you define work? Is it that mundane Monday through Friday place that seems to be sucking a third of your life out of you? Or have you made it a place of personal fulfillment, achievement, and purpose? If you are looking to make your work life the latter, tune in to Working on Purpose with Elise Cortez. There are all kinds of inspiring work-life stories told by people who have made work something to look forward to every day. Working on Purpose can be heard every Wednesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific on Voice America Empowerment. Please join Dr. Sarah, a.k.a. Dr. Red, on an amazing journey of love, soul, abundance, compassion, and authenticity. Dr. Red is a well-renowned healer, hypnotherapist, author, and speaker who has overcome personal challenges to emerge stronger than ever before to reach out to you and heal you emotionally, mentally, and spiritually for the most informative and enriching experience filled with unbridled laughter and insights on life, health, culture, and society. Tune in to Dr. Red's. Says, Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You are tuned in to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. If you have a question for Dr. Gary or his guest, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. That's easy enough, but if you want to send an email, it will take some thinking. Got a pen? The email address is drgbmft at sbcglobal.net. Or you can just click on Email Host on the Voice America page. Now, back to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Welcome back, everybody. Okay, we're talking about resiliency and when everything goes wrong. And it's amazing. You know, I, I, I know that uh, in the grieving process is an amazing thing because you, you, when you lose someone, I, I'm, I remember when I lost my mom, she died in a plane crash with my stepfather, but it, it was so hard. It was, uh, we found out on Christmas morning and uh, having to basically deal with that on a day like that and, and uh, take that news in is very hard. It's very hard. But, you know, anyone who's lost someone they know, that they love knows how horrible it is. You feel like your world is crumbling down around you. You know, but however, you know, how sad as it is, you have to be comforted by the people you do have in your life. If you have sisters, if you have friends, if you have a, a mother, if you have a father, if you have someone that's still there 
focus on those people. And now you realize their value in your life, your children, your grandchildren. It's so important to reach into those people's lives and take the energy that you would have placed in in that loved one's life and put it into the people that are there. The other thing is when you think about loved ones that you've lost, you want to focus on how they lived, not how they died. None of us want to be remembered by how we die. We want to be remembered by how we live. And then we want to do things that those people would have wanted us to do with our lives. And that may go against something that we would have wanted to do with our life, but do what they would have wanted for you and do it voluntarily, even if you didn't want to. And guess what? Now you've integrated their life into your life. You know, when you're resilient, you need to make the choice to keep going. You might want to never get out of bed again. You might think your life is over, but guess what? It isn't. Life goes on, the world keeps turning, and if you check out of life, everyone else just keeps moving on and you become dead before you're dead. You know, so you need to take a conscious choice to get out of bed, put on the foot on the floor and keep walking through life and don't give up. It's a choice. It's not an easy one, but it's still your choice and your choices define your life. The other thing is ask for help. Hopefully you have a network of family and friends who can help you. I know a lot of people who like to be strong and don't like to ask for help, but being strong doesn't mean that you don't ask for help. Being strong means that you do ask for help, and if you don't, it just makes you feel more isolated. Most people like to help others, so give them the opportunity to spread their love and kindness to you. Open your heart, your mind, and let people in. You know, just because things are bad now doesn't mean you can't be happy. You know, the best thing someone has ever said to me uh, is you never get over it. You just get used to it. And, and, And I never thought of that before, but it's true. We never get over the loss of someone we've lost. But if your sudden life changes something like loss of a job or divorce or a health problem, you'll probably find a way to get used to it. And sometimes you have no choice. So the only choice really that you have is to choose how you're going to respond to what happens to you. And eventually, things will come clear. And someday, you will look back and know why it all happened. You know, if you've ever been fired, there's a reason that you were fired. Maybe it was time to be fired. You know, maybe you were confused. Maybe your energy wasn't there. Maybe you were retired on the job and people just finally saw it. You know, eventually things will come clear to you as to why things happen. You also need to mentally prepare for the next life change. Hopefully your next life change won't be sudden or tragic. It could simply be graduating from college, having your children move out, or retirement. But all these changes are predictable, and you can prepare for them years in advance. But sudden life changes are different. Sudden life changes are common, but if you don't mentally accept the fact that they can happen at any time, then you will definitely appreciate what you have right now. Change doesn't have to be bad. It can lead to something greater to where you are now. Even horrible changes can eventually be turned into something positive. So you're going through a sudden life change. Remember many, many of these things that we're talking about. You know, transformation is another very important thing. You know, turn your your news into something positive or something that has positive aspects. You know, uh, also, learn self-control because over the, the, the next hours, days, weeks, you have to take it on board and integrate whatever that is 
that has changed into your worldview. So the bad news will begin to lose its bite. And in the meanwhile, it can be uh, 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 tempting to distract yourself with keeping busy and try to rush ahead and do everything possible to reverse or mitigate your bad luck. But beware of acting rashly and, and depleting your resources and making a bad situation even worse. Instead, take a step back and prioritize. Think laterally. Act strategically and keep in mind uh, that gentle action, even no action at all, may well be the best option for us before responding to bad news or change. You know, if we do this instead of replaying the past or fretting over the future, focus on what is firmly within your control right now. And if someone is making you suffer, think how much more suffering would be if you give them the reaction that they need. You know, try to feel their pain and understand where they're coming from. Uh, the other thing is we need to ask for support. When we feel threatened and vulnerable or simply overwhelmed, there's nothing more natural than to reach out to someone for advice or a perspective or an ear or, or just a squeeze of a hand. But it's important to go to the right person, someone who know how to listen and someone who knows how to respond and who won't just make things worse. You know, also keeping calm perspective, depending on your mental well-being, is very important. And uh, you also have to focus on your physical well-being, and that means take care of your body. Be kind to yourself. Make sure that you get enough sleep and exercise while also avoiding numbing behaviors such as binge drinking or drug taking. You know, it's very important to make yourself be able to clear your mind and focus on your future. You know, to become resilient, any life is a life change. Any life. Anything that happens in life is a life change. You know, we experience transitions in work, relationships, changes in our physical, our mental health, new events in our local communities, our world. Sometimes we know a change will occur, and while other times it comes sudden and it's unexpected. You know, maybe they're big disappointments. Maybe it's a wonderful surprise. Many people spend a great deal of time and energy trying to avoid the very thing that life is, which is change. Inevitably, it this resilient this this resistance to change catches up with people. And if you can change and learn to cope with change, you'll lower your risk for anxiety and depression. Your relationships will flourish and be resilient. Your body will feel healthier. But if you can't cope with change, only a minor amount of stress can make you feel overwhelmed by life. So you you know you 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 struggle to set and meet the goals you have for yourself. So being able to cope with change is sometimes a very simple thing. Resiliency. And, and through your environment and, and your genes might influence your level of, of resiliency, the amount isn't set in stone. So practicing different ways of thinking and being in, in the world can boost your ability to deal with change and help you create a life that is adaptive to all new places, unexpected events. And so it's important to evaluate your level of control, though. You know, it's too easy to become fixated on events that we have no power and control is what makes people psychotic. And we've talked about it earlier in the show. But, that you know, we try to control things we cannot control. And that is just completely psychotic. You know, it, it's, it's so easy to get fixated, uh, you know, on us having no power or people who might never change their actions or attitude. But ra- what we want to focus on is blame, instead of blaming others or moving the unmovable is resilient people set their sights on what they can control. 
and evaluate your level of control over a situation and your attitude towards what you're looking at. And you have to ask yourself, what can I take responsibility for in this situation? And when you look for opportunities to empower yourself and work towards change that's possible, you're less likely to feel stuck in difficult situations. And and you also want to practice self-care. You know, uh, losses often happen in life transitions, such as death, a big move, a loss of a job, a relationship ending, even even positive transitions like a graduation or job change. These make you feel sad sometimes. And during those times of transition, you don't want to push away the grief that you feel. You want to acknowledge the loss of what you had and pay attention to what you've learned from the experience. And you want to seek support and camaraderie among friends and family and consider speaking with a counselor or a mental health professional if you feel you need the extra support during the transition. You know, but the biggest thing is looking at your own thought patterns. In a time of change, it's easy for your mind to cut corners. So you might see everything black or white or assume the worst will occur, but if you take the time and you examine your thought patterns and assess how rational they are, you will probably find some space to make your thinking towards resiliency. And if you're not sure how to slow down your mind, practice relaxation techniques such as mindfulness or deep breathing, meaning be present where you're at. Just be present where you're at. And if you can do that, you can calm your mind down and take some control of your life. You can also generate more positive thoughts if you take time to remind yourself about transitions and challenges you already navigated yourself through in the past. Make a list of ways you've been resilient in your life and consider the traits and those actions that it took. And that might be where you see yourself through your current challenge. Focus on your strengths instead of your weaknesses and you'll feel more empowered to meet what lies ahead of you. And that is very important to think about. But the biggest thing is what I spoke of earlier is being present. That's called existentialism, living in the moment. That is the purpose of your life is to be where you are when you are there, not in the past, not in the future, just be where you are and anchor yourself where you're at. You know, it's important to look at the past to find your strengths, but sometimes you can feel too pulled into the future in times of change. And when you worry about what the future will bring or what makes uh, mistakes you might have made, you forget to be in the present and observe what is happening around you. And to bring yourself back to the present, you want to get in tune with your body, pay attention to how it responds to stress, and set aside time every day to relax, take deep breaths, bring your focus back to the present. The biggest thing with dealing with change is to find your priorities. The most resilient people in the world see change as an opportunity rather than a monster to fear. Transitions in life allow you to consider where your priorities lie. And I can tell you, you know, as we make mistakes in life, just looking from a Christian perspective, purely Christian perspective, you basically have to understand that sometimes God crashes your life. He crashes it just crushes you. And there's a reason for it. Maybe the direction you were headed was not where you needed to be. And there is an event, there's something that will happen that will crush your life. And it it may be on many areas, your job, maybe things fall apart, maybe you get, you know, laid off, whatever. Things happen. Things happen and they sometimes happen all at once. And maybe we have to learn that, am I conducting my life the way that I need to lead it? 
And, and when you think in those terms, then you have to begin to be resilient and find where you need to make those corrections and move your life in the direction that it needs to go. We don't just sit back and lick our wounds. And yes, sometimes there are repercussions for the things that have happened to us but or we, that we had happen. But the deal is, is that we have to move through those thoughts. We have to move through those events. And, and we want to prioritize our health in these transitions. And that's something we can control. You know, humans are social creatures by nature. So when we're built to withstand every sudden event in life without the support of others, if you talk to family and friends who are experiencing similar changes or consider finding a support group in your community, you don't want to ask your doctor about how to prioritize your health during change. And don't be afraid to talk to a therapist or someone else about that. You know, your opportunities can thrive when you focus on your future. But your health really dictates a lot because when you look yourself in the mirror and go, am I taking care of myself? And if change is happening and bad things have happened and you're still taking care of yourself, that's one thing to show that you are resilient. That is a reflection that you are still able to take care of yourself. That's something that you can do. The other thing is never, ever let bad news or let bad things define you. If you've been let go from a job or or divorced or whatever, that does not define who you are. The bad things and the horrible things that people say uh, to judge you because of change, maybe they don't agree with choices that you made, whatever. The deal is you you do not want to let people define who you are. Only you can define who you are. Taking in all that negativity from people when bad things happen is never a good thing. Never a good thing. You do not want to surround yourself by people who have bad things to say. It's just never a good thing for your conscience. You don't become resilient if you have to listen to those voices. Listen to the voices of positive. Listen to the people who love you. Go to church. Be surrounded by people who love you. And you will find that all of those negative people just float away. They are not important. And their priority, they're just howling in the wind. And so it's very important for you to, to be resilient. You don't listen to the negative voices. Um, but we have to also understand that life is filled with constant bad news. All right, we're going to talk about constant stress, constant bad news. Uh, we're going to talk once again about the media, and then we're going to move on. Come back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Dr. Gary Bell is available for speaking engagements as well as teaching at your seminar or workshop and life coaching via telephone Skype or in person in the Seattle area. Dr. Bell brings his no-nonsense, straight-from-the-hip discussions each week on the show, but it doesn't stop there. Learn about motivation and psychology, one-couple marriage repair, a two-day workshop in Seattle, and more. Visit drgbmft.com today or call Dr. Gary Bell at 951-818-7856. That's drgbmft.com or 951-818-7856. We all experience grief and loss. It's not something most people like to talk about, but these topics do need to be discussed. On Let's Talk About Grief, host Addie Anderson speaks to both professionals and individuals about grief, 
death, and personal loss. You'll hear the important topics, the personal and professional outlooks, and learn how to prepare yourself and loved ones when the need arises. Listen Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific, on Voice America Empowerment. Where can you listen to some of the world's top life coaches ready to dish out success tips and entrepreneurial guidance? The Voice America Empowerment Channel will do just that. Whether it's personal growth, building a better business, or inspirational life stories, make it a daily habit to tune into our programs. From weight loss and personal branding to law of attraction and increased happiness, you'll find it every day at VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. We all have the inner ability to use the gifts within ourselves to serve ourselves, our families, loved ones, and our communities. Once you have discovered these gifts and talents, you can promote harmony, peace, and hope. To find out how to harness your own gifts and talents, tune in to Get Ready. Get ready for your breakthrough with host Felicia A. Hill, live every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time and 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Listen and share with others. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You are tuned in to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. If you have a question for Dr. Gary or his guest, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. That's easy enough, but if you want to send an email, it will take some thinking. Got a pen? The email address is drgbmft at sbcglobal.net. Or you can just click on Email Host on the Voice America page. Now, back to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Welcome back, everybody. Okay, we're talking about resiliency and how, you know, when everything just goes wrong. And, and it's amazing that um, we actually can take life events, just look at just look around us. Look at what happened after 2016, the election. I mean, people went nuts. They went nuts. Uh, some people just obsessed on the negative, and other people were s- celebrating what they liked that, that happened. And and what's amazing is the folks that went negative went psychotic negative, and, and the media just blew it up and just keeps thriving on that. And what's amazing is that we surround ourselves with a media that thrives on negativity, and the more negative events that can happen and the more negative things they put before other people's lives, the more possibilities of things that could happen uh, and people start thriving on that. And, and so they build conspiracy theories and they build uh, uh, lawsuits that are, that are stupid. And, you know, people just do stuff that is dramatic and they, and they live in the, that negativity. And it's sad. It's sad because uh, if we want to surround ourselves with ugliness and darkness, we can do that uh, very easily by just turning on the radio, turning on the television, turning on a podcast, turning on whatever you want to listen to. And uh, even music can be dark and gloomy. But, you know, we forget 
that our life is bigger than us. And if we're going to get caught up in possibilities of negative outcomes and, and negative outcomes that happen, we're going to train our brain to think that way. And that affects our ability to be resilient. Um, we put ourselves as a target when we focus on bad news. And when we focus on how these things happen, we don't understand that we are a part of a bigger system. We're in a very highly connected culture, and it exacerbates feelings of anxiety. You know, the Internet, social media add to the illusion that the whole world is right outside your door. But it used to be that the danger from man-made and natural disasters seemed far away, and, but you never heard about it in the first place. But today, we have headlines, 24-hour news cycles that uh, basically – uh, highlight these most horrendous crimes and tragedies from those that touch only a few individuals, but then it affects everybody around the world. You know, we're always looking for justice and fairness, but fairness is a place where they judge pigs. You know, fair is a place where they judge pigs. You know, justice, there is no justice. Justice happens when we die. Justice is just the end. The story just continues and continues and evolves. And and so, you know, we have to become understanding that we have to focus on what our life is about and who we are touching in our life today and what positives we can give other people. You know, our gifts come within our spirit, not within our brain. It's within what we do with our brain, and that derives from our soul, from our spirit. And and so what we really have to do is get to know how to make our spirit help life better. You know, the human mind tends to absorb threatening messages one by one over and over, regardless of whether a danger is truly imminent. And what's more As you fear more and you have more sadness and your cynicism grows, you may be transforming negative emotions into the people that are closest to you because you're focusing on all those negative things. It's really hard to be positive with a negative person. You know, if you're a parent, your reaction to tragic events sets an example for your children. They look to you to set the the tone for how worried they should be. And continuing to go about your life with some degree of positivity and optimism is an important cue to your family. And and it helps them be resilient and reinforcing the message that you and they are okay. You know, can you make yourself completely numb? By headlines? Of course not. But you're human. Your experience, your empathy, you have social, cultural, political issues that you care about deeply. But there are steps you can take to control how much the negativity affects your everyday routine and your outlook. And so we want to stop questioning. When fear strikes, ask yourself once and only once, what can I do to solve the problem? If the answer is nothing, then there's your answer. Then, you know, implement your plan as best you can. But the deal is, when you're faced with a harrowing, fearful situation, what you really want to do is go, I have faith. I have faith that there's going to be a positive outcome. I have faith that good things are going to come. I have faith that come November 4th, people are going to make the choices that they make, and whatever happens, happens. You know, stop worrying about what you want to happen. If you can't think of a plan or a solution that's realistic, rational, logical, move on. If, if worries like what can I do or how can I fix this continue to flood your thoughts, pause, resist, 
trying to answer them. Instead, let the questions sit there in your mind, left alone long enough. The questions will lose their power and your mind will stop asking them. And yes, the world will keep turning and things will still happen around you and other people's lives will move on. And that's just the way it goes. Um, You know, when things happen, they happen. But also, you know, good things always come out of things that happen. And we have to understand that if we get caught up on what we want to happen, we're going to not be resilient. The other thing is distract yourself. Sometimes reminding yourself not to answer worrisome thoughts ends up magnifying them. If that happens, try try a, a distraction route. You can preoccupy your brain with relaxing activities like taking a warm bath, listening to music, uh, meditating, reading a good book. You know, if those low-key methods don't block your anxiety, try something slightly more engaging like playing a card game, catching up with a friend, doing yoga, even doing a chore, fixing something you've put off for a long time, clean the house for God's sake. You could do anything. You know, get some exercise, sign up for for a workout class or go for a head-clearing jog or or join a a small group in a Christian church or, or any church. You know, physical activity reduces stress, anxiety, both in the moment and the long term. And during your, your sweat sessions, you want to practice mindfulness. Tune into the physical movement of your body that it's experiencing as you're breathing. This way you'll have a conscious train of thought that does not involve worry. And that, my friends, is one of the biggest things that can destroy your life and take years off your life is people who worry. Worry can destroy us. Constant stress. You know, there's a thing called a super volcano uh, uh, hanging out beneath Yellowstone National Park. It's basically waiting to erupt. It, it will become a volcanic winter and basically kill us all. And, and the odds are if it erupts anytime soon, uh, it's, it, it, could, it could blow up the world. But should we sit around and worry about that? Should we really focus on that one thing? When is it going to blow? You know, if you're really uh, feeling a persistent low-level dread, you're not alone. But, you know, there's about 63% of the American population has a a very stressful, negative uh, approach to life. And the the happier and the easier uh, you are about life, the more resilient your life becomes. You know, you have to accept the fact that anxious is a part of life. Accept the fact that you're anxious. And when we fight our body's natural instinct to fight or or flight, we end up holding stress in our body in a variety of ways like nail biting, teeth grinding, stomach clenching, stomach pains. And, you know, if you don't have a way to release that out of your body, we can get sick. So the first step is just having awareness that can lead to an adaption behavior such as acknowledging, yeah, I'm stressed. You know, the minute we acknowledge rather than push it away, the more we can create choices as to how to move forward and take appropriate action. And for many people, the denial of stress reaction can make the, the become the biggest boundary or block itself. We also want to limit your news intake to regular source and schedule. Take control of the news cycle. Select a news source that is both reliable and not sensationalism not filled with people's opinions and if you in and you feel comfortable you want to feel comfortable with it and then you want to access the source a few times a day if you can tolerate it and and preferably 
the same time each day and avoid the constant repetition of all day news cycle. That can create a highly stressful life because once again, nobody would watch the news if it was good news. They're going to watch the news for bad news. You also want to assign yourself a time out. Be sure to build some quiet time in your day. Read the Bible. You know, spend some time getting into wisdom. Take a few minutes before bed or leaving for work in the morning. Just sit and breathe and and have a nice meditation where your mind and your body get it together. And and, and you want to also, during a day, count your blessings. Count at least two of them. Before you go to sleep each night, keep, keep a, a booklet or write it down, the good things that happened that day, and, and, and thank God you, they did happen. And, and that's a great thing. We, we all have great gifts that come our way throughout the day, and we just forget about it, and we take it for granted. The other thing is don't rely on alcohol to manage your stress. The world feels more dangerous with uh, all these media reports of, of catastrophes, whether it's an earthquake or a terror attack or a hurricane, you know, booze is a short-term solution. And people often turn to the bottle at times for anxiety and stress, especially those who suffer from anxiety or other psychological disorders. So that's not a good solution. But we also want to reach out to loved ones. We want to laugh more. Even if it's a forced at first, a sense of humor is a key to survival. Laugh researchers notice The medical benefits of laughter, giggles relieve stress, control pain, lower blood pressure, provide an aerobic workout for the diaphragm, improve the body's ability to utilize oxygen and maximize the flow of disease-fighting things like proteins and cells in the body. And it also strengthens our insides physically and emotionally. So it's good to have that. You know, be, you know, even aromatherapy can be a great thing. Change the smell. Have, you know, get some of those essential oils and, and put, them, put them in a room and, and, and see what happens as far as feeling better. You know, remember, good things still exist. Most of life has good things. If we want to stare at the bad things, we're not going to become resilient people. You know, we also have to recognize Uh, that the media offers us a distorted world and it has its own agenda and so you want to know the limits and consider yourself consider what you're taking in keep it in perspective you know people love to get addicted to television almost like alcohol they will just watch it and watch it and watch it and so you want to pull yourself away from that. And I know in my life I've gotten into that pocket where I would just listen to the news all the time, but it seemed to be coming so fast. But the deal is we don't want to make our life about that. We lose our life if we distract ourselves with news and media and all that stuff. You know, especially if you have a mental illness, you want to limit your news exposure because it will drag you down. You know, appreciate that real life stories are designed to evoke an emotional response. And so when media is telling a story, which is basically what they're doing, they're basically trying to spin a story. And so, you know, consider taking a detox from that in your life to make your life a little bit better. You know, surrounding yourself with that is not good. Also, you know, people with chronic illness know that after being tossed around the medical system, we can end up traumatized and appointments become scary. So, you know, make a plan to move forward. Keep your attitude good. If you're going to have bad news in your health, make sure that you have a good outcome. 
force yourself to think of the positive. I am going to get through this. I am not going to be what the doctor is telling me I'm going to be. You want to lean on your support system and prepare for things to make you feel good and keep it with you. You want to be a happy person. If you can be happy and if you can focus on the good in your life and appreciate your life, oftentimes you might find yourself moving straight through uh, illnesses. All right, that's our show. Next week's show is The Psychology of Success. I'd like to thank everyone for listening. I'd love to hear from you, and and thank you for so many of you that do write, drgbmft at sbcglobal.net. And my website is www.drgbmft.com. I'm I'm currently scheduling speaking and teaching engagements and conducting a lot of uh, intensive coaching for marriage, pre-marriage, individuals, in person, over Skype. So please contact me right away at www.drgbmft.com. Now remember, you know love has gone wrong when your partner is more excited about picking your zits than spending time with you. Also remember, bad news can be like having sex with a psycho one-night stand and the condom breaking. That's our show. That's our show for this week. Please join Dr. Gary Bell for another edition of Absurd Psychology next Friday at 12 noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Now go impress your friends and family with what you've learned today and have them tune in next week so they can be almost as smart as you. 